This is a crowd podcast. Hello, I'm Geraint Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And you've just entered the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club. Brought to you by Zwift, the indoor cycling app. Jump on your smart trainer and jump into Zwift. Kreuzer, or welcome. Tom, it's the final episode of Series 3. I feel both happy that we've had a great Series G and sad that it's the end. But before we talk about today's episode, we need to talk about the British dominance of Strada Bianchi, don't we? Yeah, dominating. I think uh, we're definitely claiming that for the club as well, I think. I think so. 100%. But yeah, what what great races. Um, you know, the way Pidcock won was... Um, well, not very Pidcock-like, really, was it? You know, no, it wasn't off the front for so long, and it was great to watch. It was, um, yeah, amazing day, and that that race has only been around like I don't know when did it start? It must have been I was in Barlow World, so I don't know. It must have been two thousand seven, yeah, six, seven, and um, already it's people are talking about it being the sixth monument. It's uh, yeah, it's incredible though, isn't it? That race, like just the well, the, just the gravel aspect of it, I guess, really. But then obviously Siena being Siena, you know, finishing in the square there at the top. And yeah, I'm just a bit disappointed um, I didn't get to do it. I haven't done it for a while. I've only done it twice. And when was the last time you did it? It was a while ago, wasn't it? It wasn't that long ago. It was 2019, after I, the year oh. after I won the tour, yeah. And um, I think it was like 11th, which I was quite pleased about, actually, because um, yeah, after my winter, you know, to... To be eleventh there quite early on, it was wasn't too bad. But my other performance in there wasn't quite as good. I didn't finish. I um a few days before, I'm sure I've told you this story, but we were riding in Italy training. We were living in Quarata in Tuscany, so not far from Siena at all. Mm. We we're out training. I think it was with Swifty and Stanard, and um <laughs> it was raining, and we were going past some cars. Stupidly, I went up the inside, and the other boys went on the outside, and then one of the cars decided to turn into a parking space. And, um, you know, in Italy, they don't indicate. So it was fine. I wasn't like that close to hitting them, but I kind of moved up onto the pavement. But then it was one of those pavements that, that shiny like surface. Oh no. Yeah. It wasn't like a pavement in the UK. It was like a, yeah. Um, ice rink. Exactly. Yeah. So I couldn't turn as sharply as, you know, normal in the wet. And didn't want to break, which is fine. I went up and I was quite, close to the wall and then all of a sudden I just see this machine sticking out and I just rode straight into it like smash my, my right shoulder my bike flies off I stay in the same spot and I uh, stand up and look at this machine and it's a Durex condom machine <laughs> <laughs> and my bike's 10 meters down the road and I was like oh man that hurt my shoulder but um yeah and then I went to try to be Anki and yeah my shoulder was not very good, really, so I didn't finish. But disappointing because I thought Durex was meant to offer some form of protection. Yeah, it, it, yeah, none, none whatsoever. To be honest, that day <laughs> actually did me quite a lot of harm. But yeah, <laughs> you're right though. It is an amazing race. It's it's almost the definition of an instant classic, isn't it, Strada Bianchi? And if you were to try and build another monument, if you was to try and put together all the constituent parts you want for a brilliant one-day race, you'd pretty much come up with something like Strada Bianchi, wouldn't you? you come up with scenery like nowhere else. you come up with sectors that you can build in and you can look forward to. 
you have some spectacular finishes. You'd have some decent hills, but not like epic alpine hills. And you'd have a finale that everyone knows and everyone look forward to. Exactly, yeah. Like short, steep bergs. You know, a lot of guys yeah. can win on it as well. You know, guys, you know, Fabian, Cancellara, like a pure classics guy is one there. Then you've got sort of like, yeah, more of the Ardennes guys. You know, Cobbles and Ardennes guys can win, basically. And, um, you know, even um, GC guys can be up there as well. So I'm definitely, I've got to ride it next year if I'm still racing. Oh, big time. Obviously. But <laughs> yeah, if I'm around, <laughs> I am, I am definitely want to be there. Yeah. I'll stick it on the list. The other thing I think that makes it a classic uh, and makes it serving a monument status is that it's one of those races where it is five different races depending on the weather. Yeah, most definitely. Do you remember... There was one year there was a massive crash because there was a big gust of yeah. wind and like I think Alaphilippe yeah. did a proper front front flip and oh was a, yeah he did that photo of it one there like mid air like oh about ten riders yeah. it was crazy um, the rainy one you know it was massive hole potholes and covered in water and guys just slapping up everywhere and even in the in the driest bad enough you know because there's big gravel sections when we did the recon in nineteen I was with I think it was only me and Owen Duel. And he slapped off. We were just riding together, two abreast, and he slapped off. So it just shows it's just, yeah, you, you need a bit of luck. Like any big classic, really, you need a, or well, no bad luck. But, um, you know, it's made for guys like Tom or Van Aert, Van Der Poel, you know, for the whole off-road bit. But, yeah, and the type of riders they are anyway, they're punchy, aren't they? But, yeah, it is, oh, it's, it's a great race. But I just wish other races wouldn't try and copy it. You know, by putting their own little gravel yeah. things in and trying to make it like, nah, it's it's not going to work, mate. You're in the arse end of nowhere in France. This isn't <laughs> Tuscany. You know, Just do your own thing. But I can't think. Every time they've had a gravel section in the tour, I can't. Actually, maybe this is unfair because the top of Planche de Belfi is always spectacular, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good one. The bit where, yeah. yeah. But is it the granite or the the one at the top, that plateau at the top? Yeah, Richie punctured on there, didn't he? It was the year he was third. I didn't race that. And yeah, he punched on the top and he almost lost um, what is his third place. Well, I don't think he was third at the time, but, you know, he would have lost a crucial amount of time up there. But yeah, that's just not, that's just, that's just in there for, like, what are you doing? Why, why is that go? Why is that got to be in there? But I don't know, when it's on top of a mountain, I think it's a bit different. I think that that's quite cool to watch. You know, we did a mountain yeah. time trial once in the Giro. Maybe it was my first Giro. And um, it was, because it was the day after my birthday. And um, I had a couple of beers. And oh, the next day I was regretting that big time. Cause we finished <laughs> finished at altitude up this gravel sector. I can't remember the name, but the cars couldn't follow us either. It was one of them where we had neutral service motorbikes behind every rider yeah. with spare wheels and stuff. Yeah, epic those type of days. You kind of want them, don't you, really? Even though at the time you're like, why are they doing this? It's, but, you know, it's fond memories when you look back. Yeah. We've talked about this a few times, haven't we? The fact that the days you remember are always, at the time, the worst days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the snow in in um, San, San Raimo, Raimo, yeah, one. where we had a half-time yeah. interval. Everyone got on the buses, got changed thawed out we've got the feeling back in your fingers there's no worse feeling than that is there <laughs> oh it's agony you go in the shower I did that the other day actually last week I was out in the rain here and I got in the shower too early 
and the shower was too warm and just the fingers my feeling came back into them too fast oh man i stood in the shower like like i was praying for about a minute just like oh god but yeah i was like didn't move here for that what was he doing no but um no yeah those those sort of days is what you remember and everyone talks about isn't it Absolutely. So, yeah, G, as you said, this is the very last episode of GTCC for Series 3, but that does not mean that the cycling joy on this feed comes to an end. Exactly, Tom. So don't forget, you'll still be able to get year-round cycling content after this episode as what's occurring is moving over to the GTCC feed. More about that later. So, Tom, should we get our final guest of the season on? It's a big one. Yeah, let's do it. We all love coffee, don't we, G? Never do this pod without one, Tom. Or a ride, actually. Yeah, there is nothing better than a quick coffee for a cold winter ride or before hopping on Zwift. So, I know we'll both be delighted with the next sponsor of this podcast, Origin Coffee. Also, there is a cheeky discount code we've got for all our listeners. Origin Coffee are one of the leading brands on the coffee scene and they get just how much cyclists love coffee. And get this, Tom. Origin's director of coffee... Freda is a three times UK cup tasting champion. Not once, Garrett, not twice, but three times. That is pretty impressive. Would you like another great fact? All online orders are roasted and shipped the very same day. Super speedy, just how we like it on this podcast. They also have a rewards program, so customers like you and me can earn points and get cash back every time we shop online. So why not try one of their delicious espresso blends or an interesting single origin coffee? There are so many profiles to try and all the coffee comes in home compostable bags. So if you want to order some Origin Coffee and get a massive 30% off, just go to origincoffee.co.uk and use the code GTCC30 at checkout. That's the code GTCC30 at checkout. Go and get yours today. Enjoy! Today's guest, Tom, is, well, I'll be honest, pretty massive. He's won the rainbow jersey for the World Road Race Champion three times in a row. He's won both Roubaix and Flanders, Gantt-Wevelgum three times, as well as E3, arguably the greatest one-day race of them all, let's be honest. (laughs) And he's also won 18 stages of Grand Tours, including 12 at the Tour de France, which has bagged him the green jersey for the sprints, the points jersey, at the tour, a ridiculous seven times. And if I'm not mistaken, Tom, that's a record. That is a record, G. I'm going to help you out with this intro because it's a particularly long one. But we talk all the time in cycling now, don't we, about this new breed of racers, the ones who can do it all, who can do cyclocross, mountain biking, who can sprint, who can climb, who like time trial, and they can do various mad stunts on their bike. Well, our guest today, G, he was doing all that years ago. I think the only surprise... <laughs> is that it's taken us to the end of Series 3 to get him on. Welcome, mate. Hello, guys. Thank you very much to invite me. Thanks for joining. <laughs> Thanks for joining. You're in, a, well, you're in a hotel room there now, ready for the season, but how's your winter been? Oh, well, uh, finally, after two years, this winter was uh, already begging normal. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I did uh, good preparation with the team, and uh, after, in January, after second training camp i left for uh, argentina and after that i did a good training camp in altitude in uh, in colombia and i just was that was that your first time in colombia no well 
before pandemic in 2020, uh, I've been there already for uh, altitude training camp. Ah, okay. How was it? Do you like it? No, well, it was uh, very, very cool. Very, very good uh, weather. Temperature is fine. I was living to 2,100 meters in altitude, and uh, I prefer to stay in Colombia. That uh, always fighting with weather here in Europe. If you go to Sierra Nevada or or uh, Tenerife, that you are living high, but you train down, and uh, maybe you can get found bad weather and snowing in the top. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've had I've had some rides down that volcano in the pissing rain. Jesus. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and uh, it's good combination, I, I think, with the Argentina race in San Juan, and then uh, spend sometimes or some weeks in in altitude in Colombia. That's that's cool. Yeah, nice. I might try that actually, because I've never been to Argentina or Colombia. I've always wanted to go. So maybe if I do another year, I might go and do that. I'll be. Uh, did you have anyone following you? Like, um, I've heard stories about riders having to have motorbikes, um, you know, with security guys on them with guns and all this jazz. Yeah, well, that's uh, some, uh, like, you can have it, like, we have it, because I, I, I was there with uh, Daniel, Daniel Oz, and uh, we organized also the, the police officer behind us with the, with the motor, but... Uh, I think it's not uh, necessary. Like uh, it's just for security reason because you are not uh, like Colombian. But uh, well, it's uh, I never saw something dangerous that uh, could uh, possibly happen. You know, every time can happen something, but uh, I never had some moment that uh, was dangerous or something. How was the good side of the attention in Colombia, Peter? Because they absolutely adore their cycling there, don't they? They love their road cycling. Yeah, that's crazy. It's uh, they are very big fans of uh, of cycling, and uh, I have to say that uh, a lot of people on the road they, they just uh, also recognize us with Daniel and uh, big fans. I spend a good time with uh, Rigoberto also. Invite us for uh, for dinner, and uh, he opened uh, yeah a few shops with a uh, few stores with uh, bicycles and clothes. And uh, now he has this new project that uh, he opening the restaurants, like uh, Finca Rigo, he's calling. Uh, actually, we tried and it was very good restaurants, that, uh, that was good. And uh, definitely, the, the craziest uh, days to go on, uh, on the bicycle outside, it's uh, Saturday, Sunday, because uh, you see the, the bunch of people, they're riding on the bike, they are big fans, yeah. I'm sold, Tom. I'm going next January, Argentina, Colombia. Even if even if I don't have a pro contract, I'm just gonna have to go. <laughs> yeah, definitely, is a very nice experience. So just briefly before we get into this, I was just having a quick look on Wikipedia because I wanted I wasn't sure how old you were, and you're only thirty three. Yeah, right? thirty three. Still young, yeah. mate. Like people calling you old, like that's just ridiculous. But I also saw something. The thing that jumped out with me was your nicknames. Now, I don't know. Have you seen this on Wikipedia? Maybe it's you that wrote these down, actually. And how they call me? Well, there's four. There's Pito. Uh, P- Pecho. Pecho. Pe- Pecho, because it's a it's Slovakian nickname, but it's not like nickname. It's like uh, 
I don't know, in English language, it, yeah, it's like short and uh, version, like somebody, you're maybe going to call me Pete, you know, or yeah, yeah, not yeah. Peter, but uh, yeah. It's like the G to the Geraint. Yeah, it's like G for you, yeah. So that's legit. <laughs> so what about, did you write this one? Peter the Great? <laughs> <laughs> Peter the Great? <laughs> yeah. Um, three Pete? What does it mean? It's like a trappist or <laughs> I think is that a play on words to do a repeat because you won is. the world three times? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. it's technical English that, but yeah, these I didn't know. Yeah, and the last one, the Terminator. Yeah, Terminator. It was from <laughs> uh, Tour de France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. Two, maybe 50% of them are right then, are they? Yeah, yeah. My favorite's Peter the Great. Yeah, Peter the Great is good. <laughs> but not <laughs> a lot, no, no, I just, like, not a lot of times I heard that. <laughs> I'm surprised, Peter, that, that Geraint um, didn't mention this at the start of the show, but he has been very excited about just discussing in some detail a particular race from 2015. Um, that took place in the part of the world where you are at the moment, Geraint, the, the, the stage is yours to discuss E3 in 2015. Well, yeah, as I said in the intro, E3 Harold Becker is the greatest one-day race of them all. It's the one they all want to win. Nobody says it, but they all know it. And, uh, well, yeah, it was just a, you know, Saga and Peter the Great in, the, in that time was at the height of his powers, he just smashed everything and everyone out of sight. And um, it's the one time that I actually won that I beat him. And uh, it's one of my proudest victories for sure. So it was me, it was myself, Peter and Steve, Czech guy. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we went away up to Quaramont, like a famous climb where the race sort of really kicks off 30 okay, I think to the finish. And the three of us came in and uh, got to the finish and, uh, I went away with 4K to go and um, yeah, won the race. But I feel I feel bad bigging myself up now in front of Sagan, you know, like I can do it in another podcast when he's not there. But um, yeah, that was a good day though for me. Yeah, it was, uh, it is the best race to win because after they, they giving you a lot of beers, no? The, they are taking away <laughs> yeah. of you, and after they're gonna give you the beer. Yeah, I have dead uh, memories from that race because <laughs> I won in also once. Yeah, yeah, because I won that race in 2015, and we I got married later on that year, so we got all Quaramount beer delivered. Incredible, <laughs> yeah, they made for a good wedding. So how is the motivation? This is going to be your final season on the road, Peter, I guess, unless you've changed your mind. Like watching you down the years, you always seem to be someone who got so much joy from cycling. There seemed to be so much enjoyment of everything you were doing. Are you still feeling the same way? Well, uh, we're feeling the same way that uh, maybe I'm not going to finish. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I think... It's always good to know where, where when to retire, but I don't want to retire just uh, that I'm going to finish the, the, the enjoying cycling, right? The, that's why when I was a kid, I always told myself, uh, I start with mountain bike and I want to finish with mountain bike and it doesn't matter 
what happened, but uh, I I want to finish to have fun. And uh, during the, all my career, I had a lot of fun, also a lot of serious moments, and uh, it was also a lot of pressure on me. But uh, well, I just learned how to deal with that, and uh, in the end, I just decide that uh, I would like to go for mountain biking, to do maybe some uh, small road races on uh, on the road bike, but uh, to focus on mountain bike because it's also the Olympic year that uh, if I try maybe this year to qualify myself for Olympic games, that uh, could be also like a nice year that uh, I can finish my career on mountain biking. Yeah, come on, mate. I think we should both just extend. Should we do one or two years then? <laughs> Let's carry on. Yeah, well... I'll sign for more if you do. For uh, more two? You're going to do two? No, i just asking you. You sign for another two. <laughs> I haven't signed yet. Oh, but, yeah. You know, if you're going to do two, I might do two. No, well, uh, definitely I would like to finish with this year on the road, World Tour road, road racing. But... Uh, I try to finish, uh, or oh, I would like to go with mountain bike for next year, then, uh, yeah, it's two more years. Nice. Yeah. But you are older than me. <laughs> there we go. I know, I know. I'm actually getting old, but you're, like I said at the start, you're only 33. That's not, but you've been winning since, well, you burst on the scene 2010. Did you win Down Under that year, or you won some stages in Down Under? I won two stages, I think, and also the, the first criterium I won once luckily <laughs> yeah yeah so i remember i remember watching just being like jeepers like this guy is gonna have some career and you obviously have but yeah I, like my biggest standout moment when i think of you is um the tour i think it was in 16 do you remember the windy stage so it was stress all day oh yeah when we went in breakaway with uh with through me and bodnar and with you yeah yeah, it's in four of us. And, the uh, four of us. Yeah, yeah, on the flat stage. <laughs> no, I re I remember well that the, we just uh, start to pull hard from uh, one roundabout, and uh, we just uh, split a little bit. And uh, yeah, after it was good combo because uh, well, Prumi was there for the leader jersey. Me, I was for point jersey, and uh, and it was a, it was a good combination of riders that. Uh, we worked hard and uh, it just happened that uh, we came until the finish. And uh, I remember at that time that yeah, uh, I wanted that uh, Bodnar is going to win. But uh, Froome starts to, to sprint like uh, too early and I said, eh, fucking hell now I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, those last, it must have been what, 10k I think to go? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that, maybe but, even more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I felt like 100, mate, I'm telling you. <laughs> I was going on the front just to have a rest. <laughs> Seriously, like you, like you were obviously motoring, like Bodner was going as well, but you were just, oh, mate, I was just like struggling just to hold the wheel. It was incredible. But then I think it was in the same tour then. We started in Andorra and we had like 20K uphill straight away. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, you were you were going then as well. Uh, because I was training for Olympic Games in uh, in mountain bike. Then uh, I said I go full gas in, in the climb. And uh, for me, after it's over, like uh, I would like to train one hour full gas. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Tom, I wish I could go to the tour and just like train <laughs> for something else. 
yeah. <laughs> that was incredible though because we had myself and um, Frosty Frosty Mikel Nieve he was riding tempo because Froome had the jersey and it was solid it was like 400 watts or something um, you know and we're both well Frosty's like mid 60 kilo I was just under 70 so we were going fast and uh, there were so many attacks and Sagan's just going with or Peter the Great is going with all of them <laughs> and I was just like mate and then um, yeah the way you went up there was just so impressive I think probably more impressive than the windy day to be honest and then but you actually I think you were second on that stage I think um, yeah. Green Edge or someone like Bling had some teammates and yeah yeah we, they were able after to after we ran in breakaway and it was uh, yeah hard to win because it was uh, a lot of riders against me but uh, well there's another story <laughs> <laughs> But in the, at that time, like you were by far the biggest rider around. Like even though Froome was winning multiple tours and yeah, who else? Like Contador was probably still around. Yeah, he was. You were by far the number, the number one. That was like some expectation, and as you said, pressure must have been a lot to deal with. Like having to perform week in week out. Oh well, you know, like uh, for me it was when you feel good at the. Uh... There's nothing to worry, right? Like, uh, I was yeah, true. very confident that uh, if I am good, that uh, it's not going to be a problem. And after in my head, if you are first or third or fifth, it uh, doesn't matter. It's just a matter of time that you are going to win something. But important to be constantly in the front. Well, that uh, this year, I had years I was always, always good. And uh, I was quite confident. That I, I didn't feel that much pressure. It was more pressure about what is going around with the, you know, people, with the media, with the, everything what is going around. Because after in the race, it was just quite relaxed. It was really relaxed more. Yeah, the simple yeah. moment. It was good years. Did you find, Geraint, the year that you won the tour in 2018? Because Peter was... Um, carrying all before him in the in the green jersey did you find in that period that you're in yellow and there can be a lot of pressure on you and at the end of every stage you have to do the podium and you have to do various rounds of tv and radio and, and press did having someone like peter in the green jersey did in some ways it make it slightly easier for you because he drew some of the attention away from the yellow jersey uh yeah and as as three pete just said it was <laughs> like when you're going well and you're confident like it is almost easy and it's simple and the most pain in the ass is the after the stage having to just talk about the stage 10 times to 10 different journalists but when you're in on the bike and you're feeling good and it just happens and it, it yeah it is strange to think it's the biggest bike race in the world and you're leading it or leading the green jersey and you don't really feel any pressure but it really was like that so um and then yeah obviously having the Terminator around just walking around backstage <laughs> as well it it does help but did you did you crash that year was that the year in 18 you like crashed really bad on a descent uh, I think green I think so last it was uh, maybe last four four stages I think something like that and uh, well after we had one more flat stage and then was uh, like I think the very hard stage with Turmale and stuff. And I remember I I had very bad crash and I felt very bad in 
yeah, in the last two days because it was only one hard stage to finish and uh, after we came to to, to Paris and uh, I remember I was dropped after maybe five kilometers of the race. <laughs> it was uh, horrible, to like terrible to finish the stage, but I said, well, easy last day, like uh, I'm going to make it. And yeah, we came in the time limit pretty good, but uh, all the teammates, they, they were helping me to, to, to pull in the, in the flat. And, uh, and I was also with, uh, I don't know, Demar and also with, uh, his teammates that, uh, we've been like eight riders pulling all day, but it was that year, I think. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. That must've been so alien to you, like getting dropped early on in a stage and suffering around. And that must've been like, you couldn't have had many days like that on the bike. No, well, it was bad because of the crash, but it was uh, also, I was motivated because uh, if I finish this stage, I have another green jersey, but uh, I suffer much more with period of the COVID when I had COVID last year, it was a uh, pain in the ass for four months. I was... Uh, Founding uh, what's going on, what is bad, like what I doing wrong, like uh, why I have this strange pain in my legs, and uh, it was I was tired to train. I was uh, like in, it was painful to to race, and uh, that was uh, I think the maybe hardest moment in in my career. Yeah, I think COVID made you more human. <laughs> made you feel like what everyone else feels like <laughs> this, this is not a uh, human this was something like uh, you're suffering every day you, you go on the bike that's not nice yeah shall we talk about your three world road race titles peter so they were sort of done in different races weren't they yet had the attack on the cobble climb in richmond in 2015 there was the bunch sprint in doha 2016 and then that sprint in bergen in 2018 have you got a favorite of those three no because uh i think every one is uh special because uh, without one you cannot do two and without two you cannot do three and it was uh so different uh, profiles and uh, different condition and every year was so different like uh how all the year was going then uh I think it was special and uh, it was definitely my, my best three years what I had in the cycling. That was strange actually when it came to the following year when you weren't world champion, but then you, I think you were Slovakian champion anyway. It can't have been many years when you've just worn a normal team kit because you've either been in some sort of sprint jersey or leader's jersey, yeah, always. a world champ's jersey yeah. or a <laughs> national champ. <laughs> That's pretty bonkers really. Yeah. Uh, over such a long career i was few times in normal jersey well yeah maybe just one year in bora boran's Groe, because uh my brother won <laughs> a national championship and then uh well i think in bora i did one year or two maybe one did you help him do that was that a bit of a brotherly love thing did you help him out or uh, de definitely like uh yeah we had strategy or we tried to win with you and uh if it's not going to happen, I, I try to win, like, uh, but definitely one, one of us have to win. And, uh, 
we manage it already for I think 14 years or 13 years something like that Geraint give us an idea with those three world race wins give us an idea and appreciation as an elite rider not only of how hard it is to do it once but then when you go into next year's race and you're a marked man and you win again and then you go for a third year and you are the most marked man in the entire field and yet you still pull it off again just huh. describe to us how hard that is well, it's just the fact that even before he won the first one, he would have been massively marked because he was already winning a load of races, you know, um, probably won a few green jerseys by then for sure. And the fact he rides for Slovakia, I think, you know, I'm not out of turn and saying it's not the strongest sort of lineup. Of course, he would have had some good riders, but in the world, I think you can have back then eight, eight or nine, maybe nine if you'd won it before. But, you know, some of the other nations would, you'd say probably have a stronger field, a stronger lineup. So to do that as well um, against multiple other riders, just insane. And as you say as well, like different courses, like obviously Doha was in the desert, pan flat. Um, I might have helped him out win that actually because a few days before the race, I didn't point out a rock that Cav ended up hitting um, and Cav crashed quite quite badly. I'm, I'm not laughing, it's not funny, but a couple of days out from the race. So that kind of affected him a little bit. But um, maybe that's why he refuses to come on the podcast, Tom. I don't know. <laughs> it's going back <laughs> to the rock in Doha. <laughs> but um, no, so to win in Doha, like pure sprinter sort of race, you know, previous to that was Richmond, which was like a classic, you know, up and down. I didn't actually do that, but it was solid. You know, it was a puncher sort of like cobble climb, this and that. And the same with um, the one in Norway in 17. Like, you know, that was lumpy. And so, yeah, versatile, able to sort of put away whole teams, strong teams. It's um, super, super impressive. Yeah, but also, like, uh, to race for Slovakia nation, it was just a very simple tactic. Maybe for what I paid for in uh, after in uh, Yorkshire, in England. Because I think uh, with my performance and stuff, I was the strongest one from all of three what I won in uh, Yorkshire. But yeah. it just uh, race moved differently and it was uh, very cold weather and it was raining all day. And uh, race moved like two, two laps to go, three laps to go. And uh, for me, it was just too early because I, I was betting that the, the Belgians, nobody had in the front and uh, they definitely have to pull. But after they crash and all the, the, the Belgium team, they just uh, realized they have no riders anymore. And uh, I was waiting too much. And uh, in the end, uh, I didn't uh, make it. But uh, with another three world championships, you know, it was easy tactic because uh, I just sit on the wheel. And uh, after we will see Laszlo was going to happen. But uh, well, after it's a... Uh, you cannot count every time that it's gonna be like that. <laughs> no, not at all. That didn't. Sh that didn't put Yorkshire in a good. Um, what's the word? It, a good light. That's the one. Yeah, it didn't put Yorkshire in a good light. That race. Oh, the rain my. and the cold. Yeah, there was a section that we did after a climb. The water came over our hubs. It was like halfway up our oh, wheels. Yeah. It was incredible. <laughs> but, so, so would you say that's your favourite race then, the World Champs, or would something like Roubaix or Flanders or the Tour? Which is the one you enjoy the most? 
I don't know if you can enjoy kind of race like that. You can enjoy Tour de Wander, you can enjoy Argentina race, or you can <laughs> yeah, enjoy true. what was before Tour of California was nice race. But uh, definitely you cannot enjoy, I think, classics and uh, world championships because it's just uh, so much is going on there, you know, and uh, you have to be focused. Were you someone who always celebrated properly, Peter, as well? If you had a big win, whether it's the Worlds or, or Roubaix or Flanders, did you always enjoy yourself that evening? Yeah, de definitely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. When you are winning, you have to celebrate, right? Otherwise, it's, uh, it's no point to win. <laughs> exactly. I yeah, Amen to that. But um, with your wins, did you have like, do you have like a bet with some of your wins? Like, is that where some of your tattoos have come from? Or your mates have had to have tattoos if you've won races or? Uh, well, yeah, I have two tattoos. I lose one car, I win one car. <laughs> and uh, a lot of different things with the, I don't remember everything. I lose one uh, gold chain. And uh, so what, what are the tattoos that you've had to do? Well, one is uh, what I don't like it because uh, this is because I went for Vuelta and I was already tired, but I said, definitely, I'm going to finish Vuelta this year. I, I didn't remember what year was that, 2019 or 18, I don't know. And I said, well, I'm going to finish Vuelta and definitely I'm going to win one stage. And uh, twice or three times I was very close. I was second or third, but I n never won. Then uh, with my Sonier, I did bet that uh, if I'm going to win the stage, he has to do tattoo of my logo. <laughs> and uh, if I go, if I don't going to win, then I have to do tattoo of his face. <laughs> then. Uh, I, I lose it, then I have his face on my body. <laughs> how how big is the face the face tattoo? Oh well, like this. Okay, so like <laughs> if you index fingers together, thumbs together, that's a decent size. Garen, I think we should do something similar um, for this this year's huh. racing for you. What are you going to do at the Giro, well, and what's the tattoo? Oh jeepers! Then uh, after a lot of people, they lose bed with me. They have my my logo. They tattoo it on uh, on their body, <laughs> and uh, a lot a lot of beds. <laughs> what about with Tinkoff? Didn't he say he'd buy you like a green Lamborghini or something if you won the green jersey? Is that right? No, it was not. Uh, it was not with Oleg. It was uh, it was my first Tour de France, two thousand twelve, and uh, did uh, the Giovanni Lombardi, my manager, uh -huh. did uh, a bed with uh, the president of uh, Liquigas company okay and uh he said like if if peter is going to win two stages and green jersey then i'm going to give him my porsche <gasps> and that time it was a porsche turbo 2008 and uh and i said okay but the, what, what he wants to in change like nothing or you're going to win or you, you don't have to lose anything so okay and i won three stages and green jersey then I have this car still in, in garage, like a trophy. <laughs> nice. I, dro I, I drove it maybe, maybe three times. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's devastated. But three wins, you should have got something else, like petrol for a year as well, to drive it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe some credit card for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But oh, I wish I was able to win that type of 
those type of bets. I think, G, you should uh, have a chat with Dave Brailsford um, ahead of the Giro this year. And if you, would you reckon, if you win the Malia Rosa, if you win the whole thing, or do you want a podium as your goal? Uh, let's go. Should we go top 10? Okay. okay. I'm not sure Dave will agree to this. Top but we'll 20? say We'll <laughs> say top 10. If you finish top 10, then Dave has to have a tattoo of your face on his belly. If you don't finish in the top 10, you have to have the Ineos logo um, on your ass. <laughs> I can't see Dave signing up to that, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he says. <laughs> so in this final year of serious road racing, Peter, are there any targets that you've fixated on? Any things you haven't done so far in your career that you want to tick off before you finish? Oh, wow. Like in the cycling life or a cycling career or... A- out of the cycling. <laughs> yeah, well, have have both. Do cycling first. No, well, cycling, like, uh, as my last season with World Tour races, it's, uh, I want to do my best as always, you know. Now the season is starting. I am here in uh, in Belgium now for weekend, and after I continue for Strade Bianche, Tireno, Milan San Remo. And, uh, well, I miss Milan San Remo. I was a few times very close to, to, to winning that race, but, uh, always Milan San Remo is very strange race, <laughs> mm. very, very difficult to win. And then, uh, well, I continue in Belgium. Then we have Tour de France, very important. I want to do my best as always. And after we have very close world championship, after Tour de France, two weeks later is world championship. And uh, also I would like to try the one week later on the road race. One week later, we have a mountain bike world championship. Then we will see what uh, I could achieve this year. And the world's back in in the UK. Hopefully the weather's a bit better than uh, Yorkshire then. Although it is up in Glasgow and... I'll tell you, it's not good up there. Every time I've been up there, it's been... Definitely, you have better experience of uh, the English weather. But uh, every time I was there, it was raining. No, uh, <laughs> Lisbon Olympic Games was not raining. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do the, the tour in 2014? It didn't rain, actually. That was actually really nice. That was in Yorkshire. You must have been there. Yeah, yeah, it was the, also in Tour of France. Yeah, we did. I think we did two or three stages there. Yeah. And uh, one finish was uh, on the flat that Kittel won, I think. And it was wet, I think. It was not raining, but it was wet. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the next day was a little climb. And I think Nibali won. And uh, In Sheffield, yeah. Yeah. And I remember, were you maybe, were you in the same team or different team by then to Nibali? No, it was already different. I think it was uh, the stage that was a lot of small climbs. Yeah. And we went in breakaway also with Froome. Yeah, in yeah. The last yeah. climb and after Nibali, he just attacked on the flat last kilometer or last two kilometers or something like that. Yeah, because I remember, um, yeah, at the time I was thinking, oh, uh, three petal chase. But, <laughs> but I think afterwards I was like, oh, I was I was certain that three Pete was going to chase there, but maybe is that because you were mates that you didn't chase, or were you just playing the game a bit? No, well, a lot of times 
when uh, I was founding myself in the front and uh, I saw that uh, I'm going to lose because a lot of riders just watch my wheel. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Nice. No problem. It's, uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's like a part of, of the game. But uh, in my head, how I said, for me, was if I'm going to win or second or third, it's not important, but uh, how you win, how you lose. And uh, in that time, when uh, I saw I, I'm not going to win, that uh, at least I'm going to decide who is going to win. Then it was some kind of, and, and you know, everything is happening so fast in, uh, in the final. Then, then I say, well, uh, go Vincenzo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's mad what things come back to you, eh, Tom, when you just end up just talking about stuff. I remember that like it was yesterday. Racing memories. Well, here's a question about racing memories, Peter. Um, if you could take your son Marlon back to one race in your career and he could watch it as if it was happening there and then, which race would you choose for him to watch? It's a difficult question because maybe I'm going to ex... Uh Maybe, maybe I can say the when he's gonna be older because I I, I still think uh, now he's five years old he's uh, kind don't understand everything what I'm doing you know <laughs> he understand I riding on the bike but uh, for him every time I go on the bike or training it's like okay then uh, go to win the race and I said well I turning back I go just for training <laughs> then maybe if he's going to be older. Uh, maybe I can think about that, but uh, definitely I don't want to push him. If he wants to do bicycle, okay, but uh, I don't like if he's going to do bicycle. You know. <laughs> yeah. Just a quick question on kids. Does he like? Does he like to race? Like Max, he's in that phase now where not necessarily on a bike on anything. Like if he's on a scooter or run, he wants to race. And if I'm like, right, I need to start beating him now because he needs to understand that he can't win everything. And he has the biggest, like, strop. He gets devastated when I beat him. <laughs> so now I'm like, I, I can't be doing with him. Like, not a meltdown is probably a bit stronger word, but I can't be doing with him, like, getting upset now if I beat him. So I just keep letting him win. Was Marlon like that as well? Yeah, definitely. He's very competitive and uh, I have the same same problem with him. But I think everything is about uh, balance because uh, the, the kids, they can be very angry and they can be very bad, you know, and that they need to understand and that what, what is behavior. Because if it's going to happen in the school, the, after what, they're going to fight, you know, or what they're going <laughs> to do, then sometimes it's a, I mean, it's the balance between Sometimes let him win or I going to let win Marlon, but sometimes I do it in purpose that I going to win, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, now he's uh, much better. Like one year ago, he was really like, uh, when he lose, he was uh, crying. He was uh, like uh, <laughs> jumping on the ground, you know, and stuff like that. But uh, now he's uh, learning a little bit and uh, it could be, any kind of the sport could be running, could be bicycle, could be play the cards or something, or uh, I don't know how it's calling in English that uh, that the game that you have to throw the the 
the cube and after you you can go with the uh i don't know how it's calling snakes and ladders yes yes snakes is one one, one game and then it's another one then uh, you play with four uh figures and uh, you have to do around and uh and stuff like that the yeah he was uh, getting very crazy but now he's a more more easy <laughs> yeah it's funny you say that because in la recently i think i went to get a coffee or something come back and max was just like crying and kicking off i was like what happened so i was like oh i beat him in a race i was like oh god <laughs> why did you just let him win just let him win for another year like if for an easier <laughs> life but uh i think calves like that calf just hasn't grown out of it <laughs> but, uh, anyway mate i think um We've taken enough of your time. Thanks for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it was a pleasure for me, guys. Gee, I am delighted to announce that we have got Momentus back on board as a sponsor for Series 3 of the GTCC. Momentus, a little bit like you, G, are dedicated to optimizing both the mind and body, and they're leading the way for high-performance seekers at all levels. Right, so for those not familiar with Momentus, G, tell us all about their flagship product. Yeah, so PR lotion is something I've used on my body for years, Tom. It basically delivers bicarb directly to your muscles via your skin and bypasses the gut, which I don't know if you've ever drunk bicarb, Tom, but that's a big plus. The best time to use it, I find, is an hour and a half before your workout on Zwift or out on the road or whatever you're doing. And it's not too sticky either. It doesn't get stuck in your hairs if you've forgotten to shave. And it definitely helps me train harder. All of this is true, G. It is actually scientifically proven to improve performance and decrease muscle soreness and helps you make all those training goals. If you want to get your hands on some PR lotion, Momentus are giving GTCC members, that's you listening right now, yes you, 25% off. Give them the code, G. Just head over to PRLotion.com and use the code GTCC2022 to get 25% off today. Enjoy. Tom, Zwift are back for their third season sponsoring the GTCC. Which means our Wednesday 6pm group rides continue. Exactly. Just hop on your trainer, open up the Zwift app and join the group ride. You get to ride alongside us, all our club members and wear the in-game GTCC jersey. And if you're new to Zwift, just go to Zwift.com to start your free trial today. During this season of the pod, we're going to be walking you through all the new stuff we've been trying out on the app. Just think of us as your testing team. So Chairman Tom, what have you been trying this week? Well, G, we've spoken a lot this year about all the new things on Zwift, but one thing that hasn't changed is the community aspect. And that's why we love the Wednesday night GTCC rides, right? Now, Zwift's Tour of Watopia is open for registration now, which will give you the chance to ride alongside thousands of other Zwifters through five stages of group rides. These aren't races, and they'll give Zwifters the choice of a long, medium, short, or women's only route across each stage. So you can find your challenge depending on whether you fancy an easy spin or a tougher workout. There will be double XP too, so you can level up on Zwift twice as fast whilst you level up your fitness at the same time, just in time for summer. So to find out more, to buy your Zwift hub, or to start your 14-day free trial, head over to Zwift.com now. 
Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Right, Tom, the final Any Other Business of Series 3. What important messages do you have for our members then? A number of very important messages, Geraint. The first is to say that our Zwift rides are going to continue every Wednesday at 6 p.m. all through the spring and the summer. You and me, G, we're going to try and hop on when we can, aren't we? But if we're not there, you'll be in the trusty hands of a dedicated bunch of ride leaders. And Paul Stobbs, our official GTCC librarian, has given us a book to crack on with as well. He recommends a book by someone I know very well, actually. It's called The Break by Steve Cummins, which handily has a foreword written by me. Yeah, that's right, me. Have you read it, Tom? I have. Not just my bit, the foreword, but the actual book. (laughs) I haven't, but I would like to. So if you wouldn't mind lending me your copy next time we see each other, um, I'll enjoy it. It's quite bad now because I actually, Steve, Luke, asked Steve to read it during the tour. So Steve brought him... What, to read it out loud to him? (laughs) Yeah, he wanted the audio version live (laughs) after every stage. (laughs) Um, So Steve brought it for Luke and then Luke gave it to me to read. So we've kind of, um, what's the word, done him out of two sales there, haven't we really? We stitched him up a bit there. So sorry about that, Steve. I'll just have to go and buy two copies then, but... It was interesting because Steve, obviously, another member of our of the GTCC. Yeah, very much so. Actually, spoke about breakaways, didn't we? Because that's what he was known for. Yeah, um, hence the title. Do you think we book. gave him that title? I think so. Yeah, he owes us a lot, doesn't he? The forward and the title. <laughs> where's, where's my royalty, Steve? Um, <laughs> when you read it, did you do that thing where you went to the index and you went down the alphabet until you found Thomas, comma Geraint, and did you read the bits about you? I didn't actually. I've never looked in the index. I didn't realise you could do that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how indexes work. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've only got three books on myself, but do we, is there an index in my books? I think so, yeah. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, to me, it's always just like a load of random names and numbers. I was like, oh, what's that got to do? Yeah, book's over. <laughs> but <laughs> What did you think they were for then? No idea. I was like, what the hell is all that rubbish about? <laughs> I'm so glad we've learned something big in the final episode of the series yeah yeah but um it's a good book though it's kind of like you know when you're reading it and you know the person like really well obviously because me and Steve are good mates um being the same team he lived with me in Italy and everything so you just have his voice in your head as well and you know how good I am with accents yeah you just say like all right lad I wanted to get the breakaway so I just like got out the saddle and I whatted it <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's like he's with us in the yeah, room. Yeah, so it was like that for the whole uh, four hours or whatever it took to read. No, it would have took me a lot longer to read it than that, but yeah. 
Excellent. Well, I can also bring all our listeners the great news that our official GTCC domestiques will continue to be served content throughout the spring and the summer over on Patreon. So if you fancy signing up, head to patreon.com forward slash GTCC and you will get bonus videos and episodes from me and G alongside discounts for club merch and so much more. And finally, as we've mentioned a few times already, you'll now be able to get GTCC episodes and what's occurring episodes all on the same podcast feed so it's goodbye to tom for a few months but me and luke will be bringing you all the chat from the racing season and you don't even have to do anything just tune in every tuesday on the gtcc feed on all the on your podcast apps on (laughs) (laughs) oh shit just tune in just just tune in to oh fuck Just tune in every Tuesday on the GTCC feed on all your podcast apps. Right, Tom. Ciao for now. Happy racing, G. That was the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club. Thanks to Club Secretary Louise Gwilliam, Heads of Music Emma Hickman and Frank Beecher, Head of Social Archie Biltcliffe, and our Honorary President Mike Carr. But most of all, thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Crowd Network, a place where you belong.